Okay. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this program for Library Users of America. And I'm Cindy Hollis. I'm definitely not Judy Wilkinson. She's not here yet, and so we're going to just jump in and get started and grateful to have Karen with us to talk about NLS and whatever else she wants to talk about. But uh, I, I think, Karen, you wanted to take people's questions. I want to give out first the CEU code. Um, so those who have signed up for continuing education prior to convention, your code to start this session is C as in Charles, three zero, B as in Bravo, F as in Foxtrot. That's C as in Charles, three zero, B as in Bravo, F as in Foxtrot. Okay, now we got that out of the way. That was an important one. And oh, guess what? We talked long enough that I think we have... Oh, Paul is here. So, Paul, if you can unmute yourself, I am really grateful you're here because we've gotten this started, but we didn't have the moderator. So, while Paul's working on unmuting. I think I am. You are now unmuted. Hi, Paul. Hi, Cindy. (laughs) Karen is here, and um, I just gave the CEU code, and um, she wants to start things off with Q&A. So I'm going to let you take over and you tell me what to do. Thank you so much. My name is Paul Edwards and I'm the first vice president of Library Users of America. And thank you all very much for being here. And Miss Karen, it's good to hear your voice again. It's a pleasure to be here as always. Excellent. So you want to start with Q&A, do you? Well, I gave a quick overview this morning, and I thought, you know, let's make sure we get all the questions answered, and then if there's more time, I'm sure I can think of something to talk about. Very good. So, Miss Cindy, do we have some hands? Yeah, we have a few hands up already, and we're at 55 people so far. Well, so welcome, Um, everybody. We're so glad you're here. And so let's begin with the first question that comes from... All right. Hang on just a second here. Of course... This doesn't always work the way you want it to, but, oh, that's a familiar name. Judy, you may speak. Well, you need to unmute yourself, of course. Hi, there you are. I don't have a question. I just wanted to tell Karen that I'm here. Hi, Judy. It's good to know who I'm talking to. (laughs) Thank you. Hello, Miss Judy Dixon. Hello, Paul. All right. So let's go to the next person. And we have... Anthony, you can unmute yourself and you may ask your question. Hi, Anthony. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Good Good afternoon. Hello there. (laughs) Yes, good afternoon, actually. So Paul already has an inkling. I'm here representing Blind Pride International, and Mm -hmm. we are submitting a resolution this year to ACB about including two categories, um, of LGBT, a non-fiction and a non-fiction, and the possibility of doing a subcategory of young adult for LGBTQ titles. Um, one of our members has compiled everything that's available on Bard NLS in the LGBTQ, both fiction and non-fiction. So I wanted to ask you, um, first and foremost, obviously, we're submitting a resolution through ACB, but are there any other channels that we should approach, uh, any other ways we should approach? And if you could explain a little bit about what the process 
would be for NLS to add those categories. Look, the um, probably this the, this is the, the appropriate channel, first of all, um, and to let me know we have certain categories, as you know, that are listed in our cat- catalog um, that go out to the network, and the network uses uses them. There's there's the ones that you see on BARD. It's not a comprehensive list. The books have other types of um, cataloging headings and stuff. I'm mumbling, sorry. Um, The the upshot of the question is, what would it take, I think, to get such a heading put into the catalog? And the answer to to you at this moment is, I am not a cataloger, and I'm not 100% sure what the exact process is. But I certainly will speak with our cataloging people and with our collection development people and see um, what can be done, or how, how it can be done, basically. I'm sure it can be done. Okay, and the next person is one of my sweet friends from Georgia, Jamaica. You can unmute. Miss Jamaica. Yes, my question is that I have a, a book in a series that I would love to have have recorded and um and 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 it's actually in braille but it's not on recordings and I was wondering um if 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 it could be recorded what's that it's called riddle of the frozen fountain that's the series it it's the it's in the dana girls mystery series what you can do is send that recommendation to I should have written it down because I never knew I'm sure if it's got an S on it or not. NLS collection at loc.gov. Can you say that one more time slower? NLS. NLS collections. Collections. Okay. I think it's got an S Um, at nls.gov. Judy, could you look that up and make sure that I got that right? Um, And, and they take recommendations and they take um, suggestions from people. You can also submit that and it would, it would be a good thing to do here to submit that to your network library and they will pass it on to us as well. Okay. And there's, there's a third thing that you can do, Ms. Jamaica. And that is every two years. I, and I, and I think that's still true, Ms. Karen, there is a meeting of a group called the collections development committee and ACB does have a representative on that committee. We don't know if it will change this year. Um, so get in touch with the national office and they can tell you who that person is. But that person could also carry a recommendation forward as well. Okay, That's, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Jamaica. All right, Larry, you can unmute yourself. All right, thank you very much. And it's uh, very good to be able to, act, to get a question asked here. It's my understanding that the uh, new Braille e-reader is going to be a 20-cell unit. Uh, maybe you'll give us a little more info about it in, 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 in a, you know, some of your remarks. But if it's a 20-cell, I have a question that have, did, was a 40-cell considered since uh, all, the, uh, all, all the Braille books on NLS are formatted for 40-cells, and a lot of Braille material is 40-cell formatted, and it just – a 40 cell seemed to me to be the natural link that one would have chosen for a, a Braille display. Thank you. 
Sure. We chose 20 cells um, deliberately because of the cost. You know, as I'm sure you're aware, Braille cells come at, at a cost per cell. And we chose 20 instead of some other number like 18 or 15 or 30 or something um, because exactly that the NLS lines and much material is in 40 cells. So at least you've got two full um, two full displays when you've got a 40, li- 40 cell line. I realize you've got two, but we do have um, pan- or automatic uh, scrolling available so that, you know, it can uh, actually work pretty well, even with 20. Well, and the other thing is, I, I don't, I don't. It's probably not fair to say that it's a result of our resolution. But, but Lua and BRL a couple of years ago wrote a resolution um, that talked about the problem that you're talking about, Larry. And NLS has actually done something really wonderful about it. Within Bard now, there is a setting which is called Braille Flow that actually allows you to set the length of your of your Braille display. And so what it means is if you are actually reading Braille books through BARD, um, you, you, you can tailor it to the length of your Braille display's number of cells, which is really very cool. And thank you so much, NLS, for doing that. You're welcome. Right. And Melanie. Good afternoon. Um, this is Melanie Brunson, and I have a question uh, that concerns NLS's name change. I understand it took effect last fall. And I'm just curious because I'm noticing that as new books are posted on the BARD website, when they are produced by NLS, it still says um, a production of the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped. So I was curious about the timeline um, of implementation and wondering when we will start seeing the new name of the library service on uh, the website when NLS is referred to. Thanks. That's something that I can I will certainly look into. I I think that has to do with when the books were cataloged. If they were cataloged before October, they would have had the old name as part of the cataloging record. And hopefully we'll be seeing the new name coming up pretty soon. And Miss Melanie, it's so good to hear your voice. Um, a former executive director of the American Council of the Blind. We're glad you're with us, Miss Melanie. And we have 20 people with raised hands. Keep um, going. All right, Katrina. My question is, you mentioned that the... Um, new distribution where they would have more than one book on a cartridge. You said, if I heard you right, the player has been set up so that if you don't want to go through the bookshelf, that you can just go on to the next book. I wish you could clarify that. Do you absolutely? Is, is there a new revision to the player or something? It, it came out um, quite a while back, last summer, I believe. Um, what will happen is that when, if you have multiple books on a cartridge and you read the first book to the end, it will stop until you press play for the next book. And if you just press the play button, it'll go right on to the next book. It doesn't roll into the next book, but it will, it will, um, just if you just press play, it'll go to the next book. Okay, Vicki, you can unmute. Miss Vicki from Hawaii. All right. And by the way, guys. Um, Tell us where you're from 
at when when you get on the calls. We would love to know where you are. Miss Vicky from Hawaii, please go ahead. Hey, uh, first off, I want to say hi to Cindy. Hi, Vicky. Uh, I met her <laughs> here. And very enjoyable. Um, my question, I actually have a couple for Karen. Um, when I was listening to you in the opening session, you had mentioned that you can subscribe to, to books um, that have series. So yeah. I was wondering how you can subscribe to those series. If you go into Bard, there is um, there is a page that allows you to manage subscriptions, and it. Um, but there's also if you go into the the series screen, you know if you if you go to let's say you chose a book and the book is part of a series, and then you you go into the series screen where the rest of them are listed, you are able there to uh, subscribe to that series. There's a button at the top somewhere, and and. If you're if you're using the Bard mobile app, Vicky, there is now uh, an entry that says more actions. And if you click on that entry, one of the options right at the very bottom is subscribe to the series. Hey, thank you. You're and welcome. then um, also my other question is on the NS player, is it possible that in the future that there could be a delete? So that when you get done reading the book, you could delete the book that you've read to go on to the next book. Certainly on the current players, as they stand, they will not have a delete button on them. Um, but that's something that we can certainly look at uh, for the next player as we move more and more into customized cartridges. All right, Diane, you can unmute. Okay, do you hear me? We do. Yes, we do. All right. Thanks to all of you, both today and throughout the convention. You're all doing a heck of a job. Um, I actually wanted to confirm. I wanted to confirm. Um, I wanted to confirm. Does that email address and it might help if you repeat it? That email address for sending in suggestions for books. Is that the place where I would also submit an author? that I would like to see more books from? That's my first question. My second question is, I thought you talked earlier today about something, some device the size of a cell phone that would allow you to order books by voice. I wasn't sure if I was dreaming then or if I really heard that. Thank you. First of all, let me give you the simpler email address so that I don't give you something wrong because I never can remember if there's an S at the end of that other one. If you if you send a re- recommendation to NLS at loc.gov, just nls at loc.gov. They'll forward it to the collection development people. That's our reference uh, reference and main email address. Uh, the second question is, yes, I did. Um, I did say that we have a contract with a company called RealSAM to develop a prototype device that will allow you to... Um, it, and it's based right now. It is based on a cell phone. I'm, I'm. I don't know that that will be its final iteration, but right now that's what it's based on. And they have designed something so that you can talk to it and get what you want. Um, you can say read books by I don't know your favorite author, and it'll bring up a list of books that will uh, you can then ask for more information about. You can select to read. You can put them on your bookshelf. It's going to be this. This iteration is going to be tested with people um, once we can get all of the 
parts and pieces in place and it's actually kind of complicated so it's taken a while um we'll be testing it with uh with a group of um people to see how well it works for them people who are accustomed to using voice interfaces people who are not um just to see how well it works and how comfortable they are with speaking to this device and having it um give back the information that that um that they're looking for. Uh, one of the things that they've chosen to do, which is um, an interesting approach to it, and I, is that if you ask for all the books by by Janet Daly, for instance, uh, you'll get a big long list, and they break it into five books at a time. So they would say, "Here's you know book one, two, three, four, five. If you want one of those, say its number. If you want more, then you, you know say something else, and it'll go on to the next five and the next five. Because that's really one of the challenges of presenting information to to you when you're like searching, because you um, if there's a lot of them, you can't you know look at the list and pick and choose, and you can't hear it read to you once and remember." 20 different items. I can't anyway. So um, having this kind of, a, of an approach where you're trying to figure out what the best way is to do that, I think is, is one of the, one of the challenges of it. Um, the way they've got it set up right now, you can start out with one requirement, show me all the books by Edgar Allan Poe, and then um, say about the house of usher or about something else. And it'll, it'll refine the list. You can get right down to, to um, really very granular lists. If you, you know, by going through it, it's, it's kind of fun. And then it, it will be intended to read a book um, and you'll be able to tell it by voice to, you know, go to the next chapter to re- rewind X amount or something. Um, all the things you can do on the talking book machine, eventually it'll be able to do with, with voice commands. But this is all and still in prototype. We are not, you know, it's not, this is the future of NLS, I yeah, believe, but it's not, not here yet. And we're a few years away, I think, are we not, Karen? I, I believe so. Yeah. There's a lot of infrastructure that has to be in place for this sort of thing to work. We get kind of accustomed to, I don't know, Alexa or Google Home or Siri and just talking to them and, you know, it's sort of magic. And we don't realize that there is a tremendous amount of infrastructure behind those systems to make them work. And that's part of what we're looking at as well. Miss mm-hmm. Cindy. Yep. Sean, you can unmute yourself. Two things. One, I appreciate that the money, I'm from Columbus, Ohio. Um, I appreciate that when the Braille reflow feature was being developed, um, you included interesting numbers like 16. I have a 16-cell display, and because of hand strain issues, I actually need a small display such as 16, 18, or 20. So that's something I'm glad you've thought of. My actual um, question is, as Bard Mobile's design changes... Could it be set up to be more like the App Store? One of the things that I found as somebody who taught assistive technology for nine years before changing vocations is that um, you teach people how to search for an app in the App Store, but then the current BARD mobile process is completely different. Is there any way we can see a more standard or unified app design so that it's more similar to what other function, other um, parts of iOS are doing? Thank you. The Bard Mobile app is under continuous development, basically, and so we're taking all kinds of recommendations, and we'll certainly put that one on the list. Um, it was initially set up 
to be a familiar layout for people who are accustomed to using the talking book machine, we may be moving, you know, we may move from that. I don't know for sure, but we'll certainly take that into account. Excellent. And the BART mobile app, the BART mobile app has changed a lot over the last year. And if folks get an opportunity um, tune in on Wednesday when our joint session with Lua and BRL will actually include a, a, a session on the changes that have happened with BARD and BARD and Express, Express over the past year. And there are some really exciting changes, I think. All right. Uh, 2689, you can talk. Okay. All right. Very good. Thank you. Um, two things. First of all, you, t- you talked about this um, Braille flow thing. Um, I wondered, is it, is it active now, and can I find it on your website someplace? Because I'm very interested in that, and I have not seen it. I also wanted to know... I understand that there's uh, some kind of a deal, and I've heard conflicting things about it, that if you don't uh, download books within a certain period of time, then you're, you know, you're made inactive. And I guess it used to be a year. And now I hear it's, you know, something like 90 days or 60 days. And I wondered if you could clarify that. And I'm also wondering why that time was shortened. And does that go for downloaded books as well as, do those count as well as um, books that you order directly from the library? Okay, the first thing, your first question, I'm not quite clear on what what you're asking about. We are working on a Braille e-reader, which is a hardware device that we will be um, testing with patrons. We The Braille, the flow issue that they were talking about has to do with if you're reading a Bard book on in Bard Mobile on a Braille display. Um, that, I, uh, but other than that, I'm not real clear on what your question is. And you can get to that in in the settings section of of Bard. Um, so there, Bard are, mobile. there, are, yeah. there yeah, Bard Mobile. So there, there is a a segment that is that that is known as Braille settings, and and you can go into there and and, and adjust your Braille flow. Oh, I, she's already been muted again. Okay, so, so yeah. So the, I, the second question I can answer the inactive. This is something we really um, start over. We understand that having um, a six-month window can be troublesome for some people. The reason that we were that it's been changed on Bard to be a six-month, if you haven't done anything in six months, is has to do with security. Everything these days does seem to have to do with security, and obviously, it's security is extremely important. We don't want um, bad actors getting into BARD and messing with our copyrighted material. And this particular change is a result of decisions made that surround security. And although um, we understand that it is not convenient, it is, it is what it is. And all I would encourage you to do is just, you, all you got to do, I think is log in into it every six months and it'll, it'll stay active. This change does not have any impact on the service that you get from your network libraries, except that if you go inactive, you have to call them to sign back or to get back activated. All right. Abraham, you can unmute. Abraham? At the other end of the spectrum, Karen, there is a, 
there, there, there is, there is another issue that Hello? I found out about. Oh, Ibrahim, go ahead. Here's Ibrahim. Yeah. So, um, just I know you're talking about uh, voice uh, and uh, voice devices, things like that. Um, you mentioned your prototyping, something like that. So, yes. I'm also wondering if there's any um, ideas or things that you might be incorporating with Alexa or Google Download. That's my first question. And my second question is, um, um, what's the best way to get in touch with the national office? Is there like a national number or something like that? First question is about Alexa and Google. And the answer to that question is, yes, we are. We have a... Um, we do most of our work through contracts and we we have a request for proposal right now on the street that will develop um, apps or skills or whatever you call them uh, for Alexa and for um, Google Home, that sort of thing. Um, so it's, it'll be a while, but we are definitely working in that direction. The uh, second question is how to get in touch with the national office. Um, you can certainly, the best way right now is to email L- uh, NLS at loc.gov. All right. Very good. Miss Cindy. Uh, yeah. Michael Byington, you may unmute yourself, my friend. I, I know him. Me too. I wonder, I wonder if he'll say where he's from. Uh, well, the last I checked, I was from Topeka, Kansas. <laughs> and I think this is going to be a fairly, uh, I've actually got two questions. I hope they're both going to be simple. First of all, because uh, our state is so deplorably low on services for the blind that are operated by government, our state. Uh, ACB affiliate does operate an affiliate office and we do some direct services, including helping several people a year, at least with talking books applications initially, often older blind individuals. And uh, with the changes that you are making in uh, the uh, requirements for print handicap or print disabled people, which is a very good move, by the way, uh, undoubtedly, you're going to be revising your application considerably. I'm concerned that some of our volunteers in our office might inadvertently, including myself, uh, submit uh, requests on old applications for a time. And so since the requirements for certification, et cetera, are not changing for people who are blind or low vision, I assume that you're still going to uh, accept those applications, even if they're a... Uh, an earlier issuance, but I wanted to verify that. And my second question is I have recently had a couple of older individuals uh, say that they are concerned about having trouble with uh, books sent in the uh, NLS containers by mail from being picked up by uh, uh, by the postal department. And so I thought perhaps it would be helpful for you to go over just exactly uh, what the obligations under the franking privilege are for uh, pickup of talking books by mail, particularly for people who live in uh, large apartment complexes where there may not be uh, a uh, a very good outgoing mail system where they can uh, put books in for outgoing mail. And thank you. Thank you, Certainly. Michael. 
um, with regard to accepting older older applications once we change our application, I think that this is something that um, we, of course, will continue to accept older applications because we know that they're going to be out there. It would be better if we could get it switched all over at once, but we have those applications everywhere, and it's going to take a while to, to make those changes. So certainly the current applications will continue to be accepted. And with regard to the post office, they have their own way of thinking, but they are obligated to pick up you know, talking books and take them to the to you know at at mail pickup locations. They don't have to come to your house and pick them up if they don't want to, but they do have to pick them up from designated mail areas. Okay, and I think this person is Hana, not Hannah, but Hana, and so. If I am correct, you can unmute yourself. Hi, Cindy. This is Hannah. Hi, Hannah. We went to guide dog school together. It's good to hear your voice. We did. Kobe <laughs> says hi. Balsa says hi back. <laughs> so I have two questions. Um, the first is about the new um, e-Braille device that will be coming out and how one signs up for that. I am deafblind, so I only read Braille. Um, and so I very rarely use NLS unless it's to download a Braille book. And then often I pass it around with other friends on the cartridge before we return it. So I don't think I'm like on the list of your top Braille users or top readers for that reason. Um, so that's my first question. And then my other question has to do with a follow-up on filling out the registration forms for NLS services. Um, I work for Sprint T-Mobile, and I'm, I work in accessibility for our blind low vision sales. And sometimes I interact with older people where I may be the only person that they interact with who is involved in accessibility. They may live in a nursing home and we're interfacing with them around CapTel or whatever. And I'm wondering, what are the qualifications to fill out that form? If you work as an accessibility professional, are you able to fill that out? Or do you need to find a member of the state commission or a doctor? And that's it. Thank you. Thanks, Hannah. Okay, so your first question... Um, is about the, how e, the new Braille e-readers and how you would sign up. Um, first thing I need to, to reiterate is that the, we are starting out small, so four of our libraries will have access to them initially, and then another four um, of our Braille lending libraries. So depending on where you live, you may or may not have the opportunity right away to sign up. But what I would suggest that you do is contact your network library and make sure that they have you on their list. And, um, you know, if you're downloading things from BARD, you're probably already considered an active Braille user. Um, so the second question is about application forms. And if you think that you run into um, op the opportunity to sign people up fairly regularly, I would suggest that you contact the library and discuss that with them um, because there is sort of a, an, a clause there that, that could be interpreted that you would be a person that would be um, acceptable, but that would you 
probably should check that with the network library so that they understand who you are and what's going on um, in order to to uh, get people signed up. And Karen, this is just a prototype test for for the the Braille e-reader. Um, do, do we do we have a timeline yet in terms of, of assuming that all the prototyping goes well and so on? We'll, we'll actually make this generally available. Well, it's going to take some time. Uh, we've got funding for five years to buy Braille e-readers, um, and that's not. It's going to take a while to actually saturate our demand um, because of the funding. So I can't really give you a timeline, and it's going to depend on you know if you if you happen to live in the states where the prototypes are happening, um, you will get one fairly quickly. But um, if you don't, and I hate I hate to do it that way, but that's the way we have to run the, the pilot. So these are all prototypes. To answer the question of how long is it going to take for everybody to have access to them, I'm going to say five to seven years. Very honestly, good. Be, be, because of funding. And just tell us the four libraries again. Iowa, Kentucky, New Jersey, and Utah. Thank you. Cindy. Hi. Wayne. Yes, hi. Um, first of all, I'm uh, since we're doing locations, I'm from Austin, Texas. Um, I had a quick comment and a question. The comment, and maybe it's a suggestion more, is... I've been a BARD user and BARD mobile user for a number of years, have downloaded uh, easily hundreds of books over the time that I've been a BARD user. Um, it would be helpful if there'd be a way to, uh, within the BARD mobile app, to know if I had downloaded a book before. There have been a lot of times that I've read an annotation and gotten really excited about a book, and then find out only when I download it that I've actually read it before. <laughs> ah, yes. Uh, I know that's listed on the website, or at least at one time it was listed on the website, but I honestly haven't looked at the BART website in quite some time. I pretty much just use the BART mobile app. It's, um, you can, it still is on the website. Okay, good deal. It, well, it's, I, it's, also in the BART, it's also in the BART mobile app. Um, if, if you, if, if you go down the list on, on the bookshelf section, sorry, on the get books get section. Books. Yeah. Yeah. There is actually, um, downloads and you can actually open it. It'll give you a list of all the books you've downloaded. Yeah. So, and I, and I realize that. And, uh, uh, but you know, if you've read, um, 500 books, say you may not want to, scroll through all those titles just to find a specific one. So, so really sure. what, you, what you're looking for is a way to search, perhaps. Yep. Yes, a uh, way to search to see if I've read a book before. Very good, thanks. All right, and we've Thank got you. 28 we'll people the with their hand raised. Um, just so you okay. know. Fran, you can unmute. Hi, Karen. Cindy, Paul, hi. Um, I'm Fran from Philadelphia. and uh, Hi. Hi. I... I think my main question is, why do they put out books in a series? I've got two series waiting to be read. The one series has books two through eight, and I'm missing book one. The other series, I have books one, three through eight, and I'm missing book two. Mm. Um, How do we go about getting those other books on 
on Bard so we could read the entire series in order. Again, you need to. Um, there are so many series that it is, and, and we've got a kind of a checkered history about series too, as you may recall. So the net result of that is that we don't have all of our series information um, complete and all of our series complete. We're working on getting as much completion as we can. But if you would let your network library know that and ask them to pass mm-hmm. that information on to NLS, we would be happy to take a look at it and see if we can't fill it out. Okay. And every time I lower a hand, more raise their hands. So we're at like 29 people. Uh, Sharon, you need to unmute. Hello, this is Sharon from Massachusetts. Hello, Sharon. And um, hi. Uh, hi. Lua board, board member. Yes, yep. that's right. And I have two quick questions. One of them is, um, I know that there's there's been some conversation about refining the search on BARD, and I wonder what might be happening with that. And also with regard to text-to-speech, let's say on magazines, would that not happen until the new kind of talking book comes out, or might that be, fo- be before then? Thank you. The text-to-speech on magazines won't come out until we can provide a way to play them. So that's on hold because obviously our talking book machines don't play that. Um, the refining the search on BARD is something that we are looking at. As I said, we have to rebuild BARD altogether. And certainly when, when that happens, we will end up with a much, much more sophisticated search system than we have now. Okay. And the phone number ending in 0973. You should be unmuted. I think I may know who that is. Uh, hello, uh, Paul. Oh, hi, Ralph. <laughs> hello, Cindy. Hello, Karen. This is Ralph Smitherman, Brandon, Mississippi. Hi, Ralph. Uh, Our Lewis secretary. Author, yes, we have an author in Mississippi who has recorded several of his books. So how would I go about getting authorization to put them on Bard? They're, they're mystery detective books. Michael Gandy. So what, what would be the... Yes. 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 Um, The thing, the the way that we get locally produced books on BARD is that the network libraries need to um, convert them to the BARD format and then submit them to BARD. And I don't believe Mississippi is participating in that program. You might speak with the Mississippi Library to see whether they would be interested in participating in the program. It's It's kind of a technical heavy lift for some libraries depending on the staff that they have because they have to be formatted properly so they'll play on bard and they'll still play on bard mobile and play on the machines and everything Um, but that's the process is that you would need to talk with your network library to see if they would be interested in participating in the program okay and next is michelle you need to unmute michelle it's your turn michelle marbell well, we're going to move to the next person, and it's a phone number ending in 9454. Yes, hi. This is Judy from Asheville, North Carolina, and I also have two questions. One is, fairly frequently I find order, sorry, series that are out of orders. The books are all there, but like books three through five will be listed third down the line, even though I've you know arranged it by series. So who do I contact? Do I contact the national or if it's a state produced book, do I go to them? And then my second question is, you know, as many states, our library has been closed for many months and, you know, I'm good. I'm in Bard, but my, many of my friends are not. Is there a plan so that if this ever should happen again, that, 
you know, books will be stockpiled and mailed out quickly, some, some future plan for emergencies. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, so the first question that you are asking about series, if that is a locally produced series, the best thing to do would be to contact the library that produced it. That would be my recommendation because they're in charge of the cataloging and all of that. Um, the second question about what plans for the future. The plan that we have for future pandemics, God help us all, <laughs> is that is that libraries would be in a position to help each other out. Um, we're putting together this duplication on demand system and one of the one of the features of that system over time will be that a library A would be able to either contract with or handshake with library B to do some of their um, circulation um, when they are absolutely incapable of doing it. There's been a little bit of that going on now, but our, our vision is that there would be peer-to-peer support so that there wouldn't be, um, you know, some libraries completely open and functioning, other libraries completely down and unfunctioning. Um, hopefully, we'll not run into this again, but that's our, uh, that's our vision for uh, tackling the next round of something like this. Go ahead, Michelle. Um, my name is Michelle, and I live in Herndon, Virginia, and I was wondering when there will be a prototype of the Braille e-reader from to be in Virginia, and um, and um, that's my question. Thank you. Okay, and my answer to you is that I'm not sure when that, uh, I'm not sure. Um, we have selected four libraries to start with. We will be looking at the next, and the next rounds. We should have at least two more rounds coming within the next six months or so um, of adding libraries, but I'm not I, I don't have in front of me the list of which libraries those are. All right. And Don, um, you can now unmute yourself. You need to unmute yourself, Don Horn. It's all A if you're on the computer. It's a very From New York. Comment, and that is if people think that user input doesn't make any difference. When I heard you talk about the e-reader this morning, I thought back to the conversations we had at the Braille Summit some years ago, and it all connected in my head. So don't think that user input doesn't matter. The other question is, and this is a strange situation, several people have tried to deal with this by notifying several different states. We're told it didn't happen, but it did. There's a book by William Kent Kruger called This tender land it's a wonderful book but the audio version that appears on bard which is the commercial version is about 20 minutes shorter than the version that you can purchase commercially and i figured out that the reason for that is there is an epilogue that if you don't know it's there, you wouldn't know you were missing it. But it's pretty significant to the plot of the book. What I did when I figured that out is I went to Bookshare and I read the part that was missing. But I'm thinking that that really needs to be adjusted so that people who download it are getting the full book. Mr. Don right. Horn from New York. Thank you. Th- thank you, Don. Um, certainly, we will look into that. Um, if you could send that information for uh, to me, um, it would make it easier for me to make sure that I look into that. Could you do that? Yeah. Hey, I, I'm Lino? Sure, oh, I'm sure okay. he will. Okay, good. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Good. Hi. Where are you, where are you from, Lionel? Yeah, it's Lino, by the way. North Carolina. Oh, Lino, where, sorry. 
No, no, no. Everybody gets it wrong. <laughs> Very steamy down here, folks. So I'm glad I'm in my air-conditioned house at the moment. Uh, okay. Uh, two questions for you, Karen. Um, will there be in the future, say if you own a PC or Mac, which I own a PC, will there be any – of course, it will be proprietary because, well, everything's you know copyrighted and all that – a way to read any of the bro materials, magazines, books, what have you, using whatever bro display of your choice on a PC or Mac-only app. And second of all, where can you find directions for those who want to enable, you know, who, either her or Google, um, to read you your books once that's available? Will that, will that be made available to the public once that's done? And I'll go ahead and meet myself. Thanks. Okay. So, uh, well... Not, let me answer the question as I think you asked it. The this, this second question was, how would you know when it would be available and how you would read books on um, Google Home or Alexa? I think that was the question. And the answer to that is that we will certainly publicize that when the time comes so and have directions available so that that won't be a problem. Um, the first question is, can you read a Braille book on a PC with your own Braille, uh, Braille refreshable Braille device? The answer is, Actually, yes, you can. Um, if you have a Braille program on there like Duxbury or something, you can just load it in there and read it um, on your Braille display. If you don't, you could just put it in Notepad and read it that way also. So it is possible to do that. Okay. Very good. And now we have Jeanette. You can unmute yourself. Uh, can you hear me now? We hear you. Yes. Okay. Um, my question is about the Braille flow. I understand that that can be changed somewhere in settings on the iPhone. Is there a place on the computer I can change that as well? And does that mean that if I have like two different Braille displays, one's a 32 and one's a 16, that technically I could have two um, choices? I understand what you're asking, and but I don't believe that's the case at this point. But it's such an easy setting to change, Jeanette. That if you're using your 16 character one, you could go in to put in 16, and then when you go back to your 32, just change it to 32 because it's oh, it, okay. But can I do it on my computer as well, or can I only make that change on the iPhone? I don't know about the computer. I think I'm only sure. on the iPhone. Okay, perfect. All right, and thank you, Jeanette. And we now have someone whose phone number ends in. Three five one seven. You should be unmuted. Hello, can you hear me now? We can. We yes. can. This is Mary Beth Metzger from Albany, New York, and I, like everybody else, have two quick questions. First off, um, okay. when you move, um, what happens to the um, the physical collection? You know, the the hard copy Braille, the all that stuff. That's my number one question. Number two. Um, in view of the ratification of the Marrakesh Treaty, are we any closer to actually being able to exchange Braille and or audiobooks with, like, say, Canada, England, you know, that kind of thing, other countries, basically? So the first question that you're asking me is when we move, what will happen to our collections? And the chances are very good that our collection, we have, what we have is an archival collection. It doesn't circulate. It's just archival and it will probably be relocated to one of our, our, um, uh, multi-state centers, our storage facilities. It'll certainly be available, uh, if need be. We're not going to throw it away, but, but, um, we probably won't have room for the whole collection at, um, at a new location. Um, but we will we will have have it we'll have it it's not going away 
um, the second, the, the music collection, I will say, will go with us to the new new uh, facility because the music collection is an actively circulating collection at this point. So the question about Marrakesh, are we any closer? And the answer is, yeah, we are. Um, uh, by the end of this month, we should have all of the legal pieces in place that are required by our new law in order to um, actually begin cross-border exchange in earnest. Um, Canada is probably one of our first efforts at, um, at collaboration, as well as the Global Book Service, which I mentioned earlier with the, the World Intellectual Property Organization project. Um, will that happen yet this year? That um, is something we'll be working toward, but I can't promise it because there's a fair amount of um, administrative stuff that has to be put in place before we can be actually actually start swapping books. The Global Book Service is, a, is, is in effect a catalog of all available titles in all formats, yes? It's a catalog, yes. And, and, and my understanding, at least last year, was that, and, and this will give, give folks an idea of the range of stuff that there is in the world somewhere, is that there are about 600,000 titles in that, in, in that catalog now. That is correct. There are about that many titles. Any book that you want has to be uploaded by the lending library and then downloaded and, and in our case, um, um, converted to our format before it can be provided. So it's, it is a catalog. The books are there. They are not all readily available, but we're working toward that. It's just a, an amazing number, though. Indeed. And before we go on to the next person, I just want to mention, um, you guys are giving me my workout here. Um, uh, if you do not have a name or a phone number that is identifiable, uh, I am not going to be opening your mic. And that's for security reasons. So somebody is in here is oops. And uh, that's not, uh, so just want you to know why I may lower your hand and it is for security reasons. All right. Uh, Deborah, you may go. You need to unmute. All right. <laughs> there you are. This is Deborah Kendrick in St. Petersburg. And, hi, Deborah. Uh, hi. You, you sound great as always. And I was cheering over here when Don mentioned um, Braille Summit because I thought that is proof of how uh, committed Karen Kenninger is because it was at that Braille Summit that braille e-reader idea was floated and here we are but anyway (laughs) i don't have a question i have four little tidbits of information i wanted to offer i'm I'm one of the folks who uh quickly because we have 20 people (laughs) right i'm one of the people who does bard tech support so we see a lot of strange questions and so i just wanted don to know that this tender land that's already being worked on somebody wrote to us about a month ago and um, the quality assurance people are working on getting that file dry. It was a book that was gotten from a commercial publishing house. And so that extra file, they're working on getting that back, getting that dropped back in. Um, one of the other things that I thought would be um, helpful, the person who was talking about deleting the books from the machine, even though you can't delete them from the talking book player, if you use Bard Express, there's a neat feature in Bard Express that you can go down your book list, check mark the ones you get rid of that you're finished reading, and then just tab on over to delete and boom, they're gone. So you can delete 10 books at a time that way. 
if um, you've downloaded them, but that won't work with a, an NLS cartridge. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. I thought I was thinking she was talking about bar. Maybe not. So, and then the, um, the other thing, um, in, in Bard Mobile, because I love series too, so the other two things are about series. One of the my favorite new feature in Bard Mobile is that when you double tap on that more actions button, and you can do this from most the uh, most popular, recently added, your wish list, previous downloads, all those areas in get books. If you um, double tap on the more actions button and just flick up or down with one finger you get these other choices, which are series, all the books in the series, all the books by that author, all the books in that genre, which I think would really choke anybody, like say if it was romance or something. But anyway, that's just a cool feature to play with. And then finally, if series seem out of order to you, one thing that I do all the time is I have fantastic fiction bookmarked. So if you go to fan fantasticfiction.com and you put in, you know, John Lesquire or whoever, Jeffrey Deaver, um, any series that they have the, will be listed there. It's a really accessible site and the series are listed in order. So what, what I do sometimes is go there, cut and paste that list and save a little file. So then I have All a right. file to go back to. Well, thank you for those tips. That was very helpful. Um, and we need to keep moving, but thanks Deborah. That, that's helpful. Right, and Agnes, Agnes from Colorado, pretty sure that's who that is. You should be able to talk. You need to unmute yourself there, Agnes. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you're, you're really distant. I have, but, I have oh. a very um, uh, interesting question. Is there any way when you go into the NLS catalog, not the BARD catalog, and you do your searches, it could be set up so that when you get your results, you would have the heading option like you do in BARD. So you could just hit, like with JAWS, the H command. If you see a book you know, you don't want and you want to go down and see what's next, rather than having to read the whole pieces of information about that, that particular book. Um, I don't think that we have plans at this moment to redo those catalog interfaces, but we'll keep that in mind because it is kind of awkward. What I usually do is just put in a, a search, like search for title and jump by by the search instead of trying to do headings because I don't like to read through all that stuff either. Next question. Diane, you can unmute yourself. Okay. Can you hear me? We can. Okay. Um, up. Um, I, hi, Karen. This is Diane, anyway, from Georgia. Hello. And um, I just had a quick question going back to, I'm trying to remember now, Spencer. Uh, the <laughs> Mocha Project. Ah, uh, Mocha. Do, Everybody yes. loves Mocha. We were, mm, yes. Yeah, okay. Mocha, we never intended Mocha <laughs> to it. become a permanent thing. It was mostly to test things like like your cellular connectivity and stuff like that. Um, people fell in love with Mocha, and we got that. But um, what we are thinking about is how would this kind of process fit into Bard Mobile? How would this kind of process fit into the next generation pro- talking book machine? So we haven't forgotten the concept. We just don't have have an active function at this point, but we're definitely looking at the concept and how to integrate it. Okay. Thank you. All right. And next we have Kevin, you can unmute yourself. Um, Yes. uh, I don't know if my question is more of a question or a suggestion, but 
Would there ever be attempts made to keep the um, Android app more in parity with the iOS features? Because the app, the apps is barely updated and you see these new features come out and it seems like it's just been created and sort of neglected. Yes. The answer to your question is we are working on that. We realize that Android has been sort of a stepchild um, and it's for a lot of complicated reasons, but um, we are definitely looking at what, um, what's next with Android and how to, how to bring it up to speed with the same features as the, as the iOS app. Okay, Jeannie, you can unmute yourself. Jeannie Johnson from Tennessee. Hi, actually, I'm Carrie Johnson. I'm Jeannie's husband. Oh, well, you tricked me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Go ahead. Okay, I'm a a big reader. I've probably been reading as long as that fellow from Alabama and then some. But uh, I had two things. One is a shout out to Montana Library. They uh, have been recording and putting up on NLS uh, Bard a series of detective stories by a lady named Margaret Scherf, S-C-H-E-R-F. And I hope they do a lot more of those because they're doing like the second or third book in a series and not doing the first one. So I hope they go back and do the first one. The other question is, of course, for Karen, and that would be, uh, you mentioned earlier that they were going to revamp Bard, I guess, the website or perhaps the whole deal. And could you give us some uh, maybe teaser information to tell us what uh, we might expect or what you are hoping for? Thanks. Well, certainly we are hoping for a, 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 a number of things, one of which is a, is a much improved search system. Right now it's pretty clunky. Um, so that's that's one of the top items. Um a lot of it's behind the scenes things that have to be done in order to uh, accommodate a lot more people. Um, a second thing that we will be implementing in the new new board will definitely have to do with low vision requirements for font and contrast and stuff like that. Thank we've you. Had, it, yeah. Go ahead. So. No, go no ahead. I'm just going to say we've had had requests for some other features which we're looking at. I'm not sure what will you know how much we'll be able to implement initially. All right. Katrina, you can unmute yourself. Katrina, you need to unmute yourself. It's either Alt-A if you're on a regular computer. Okay. It's Command-Shift. Oh, there you are. Yeah, I'm so sorry. You're okay. Um, so, um, Karen, I am a rehabilitation teacher, and I just have a few things, and then if you want to comment on that, that would be awesome. First of all, uh, the mailer has proven to be very difficult for students that have um, difficulty with fine motor skills. So I've always wondered why they didn't use Velcro. Number two, I understand there's going to be a difference in the mailer with the, instead of using the flip card concept. So if you want to talk about that, that'd be cool. And the last thing is in regards to application. Over the years, I have filled out, oh, so many. Um, the application was not accessible. I talked to my network library and said the one on the NLS site is, and would they be willing to try to make the local one accessible? Fortunately, they did. They actually now have us using the one off the NLS site. Um, 
I asked if they would do that with the magazine application, and they declined to do so. So that question is, is there any way, anywhere uh, that I could get an accessible magazine application? I know I can just call or email or have the, the student do it, but having the application would be nice. And lastly, is on the application, I heard you say something about there was maybe going to be a new application, perhaps in regards to the new player. I've always asked for and not get gotten a place on the application to mark whether the student wanted the basic player or the advanced player. So I always have to find a sighted person to write it in. And I think it would be nice. This is the last thing I promise is if they had a place on the application that you could mark whether they want uh, things like the talking book topics in print or other format. It seems to me a real waste of money that these people are getting sent all this print that cannot be used. And thank you for listening to me. These are all good suggestions. Let me see. Did you have a question that I missed? Um, why we use the the mailers the way they are i wasn't involved in developing those so i don't have an answer for that it may have had to do with how long they would last and how how uh i'm I'm not sure um but we can you know everything goes into the idea pot so we can certainly put it there i don't know what the no flip cards idea concept is i'm not sure i have not heard that we were going away from those so i don't really know what that's about um, it's not, to my knowledge, that's not changing. And as far as the applications being accessible, I'm glad that they're using ours, which I'm glad is accessible. And I would can check into the, the, I'm not sure what we've got for a magazine application, honestly. Um, so I don't know how to answer that question. I'll make a note. Cindy. Um, yes. Are, are we staying on the same stream? Yes, so, we are. So could, yes, so you can, could we this go over time. if we... You yeah. bet. It's your time. So, Karen, we may keep you a little after an hour or quarter to get rid of all of these hands if we can. That I'm fine with that. Excellent. Right. Yes, Cindy. Yeah, Jim and Leslie, you can unmute. It's Alt-A on the computer. Hi, my name is Jim. I'm from uh, Flowery Branch, Georgia. Hello, Jim. Yes, sir. We got gotcha. you. Yes, I, I'm new to uh, NLS and the talking books, and I was just wondering, is there a plan to, I mean, I'm interested in the Bible, in the 2013 NWT translation with a thousand characters, uh, is there a plan to get that into the catalog? I'm not familiar with it, and so I really don't have an answer for you, but if you would send that information to us, um, we would take a look at it. Okay, I think I have your, uh, I got your email, NLS at LOC. .gov, right? That's right. There are three or four audio versions of the Bible that are already available in NLS, so um, you might at least um, check into that and order one of those, at, at least that you can use in the meantime. Okay, that sounds good. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. All right, next we have Linda Hunt. You can unmute. I feel like I want to say you're the next contestant on the price. Right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Come on down. All right, Linda, you need to unmute yourself. So it's Alt A if you're on the computer, Command Shift A if you're on a Mac. And okay, there we go. There you it's, go. You got it's, it. It's, it's on the iPhone. I'm on the iPhone, and gotcha. I always find it hard, find it hard to find that uh, button. You made uh, it. My, 
my I did <laughs> um, before I got kicked off the <laughs> well for taking too long. But um, anyway, my question has to do with the wish list. Both I use um, Bard Express on the computer, and I use the you know Bard um, mobile for 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 the iPhone. And the thing uh, the thing about the wish list is, for a while I was going in kind of every day, and every time there'd be new books, I would keep adding and adding and adding. And what I find is that my list is like way too long, and so it doesn't load, or it takes forever to load. And mm-hmm. so, what, and so, my problem is that that I then end up um, end up just searching for books again, you know, or if I if I decide you know that I want to read a book or it's part of a book club, there's there's no point in even going back to the wish list because I can't get to it quickly. Is there? Am I missing something? And that that's the first. Question. The second question has to do with the cartridge. Uh, I'll fill up my cartridge with books, and then um, when you when you press it, you've read them. I can't, I'm talking about the cartridge, um, you know, to the, uh, the the cartridge to put in the machine, and then you that you download books from the computer. So I've got books on the cartridge. So yeah. and and it, when you press the that you read them, I can't remember what it does, but you know, it, it sort of does. They don't like go to the bottom, or you, you can't. Delete. You have to go through that whole list again. You know whatever you've got on the cartridge. It, it, it's um, it it doesn't work smoothly. I can't. You know. To Are you talking about in, in in Bard Express? Is that yes. what you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, you know, I hate to admit it, but I haven't used Bard Express for a while. So on Wednesday they're going to have a talk. Uh, you can get answers to those kinds of things almost so quite readily. Uh, what, what about my yeah. wish list? But it's too huge. The wish list is too, you know, I hate to say this, but what you need to do, do is go in there and call it. Take off oh. the stuff that you don't think you're going to read. That's but I don't know. Right you know, I mean, books sound <laughs> I interesting know. at I the time. I got a online, like, too. I, I, I understand. A, yeah. I know. I understand that, but that's, you know. And that's, there's, so there's no quick way to search to see... If a book is on your wish list, I don't yeah. think there is at this point. Is there, Paul? I haven't. No, tried. there's I don't there isn't. So. We we've had, <laughs> but we had that suggestion earlier today. So yeah, there's okay. another yeah. recommendation there. There you go. Yep, yep. So that's two people who want a searcher for wish list. So got it. Thank you. That's all. I, thank you. Uh huh. All right, Judy, you're back up. She may have can some good things me? to tell. Yes, can. I can hear you. This is Judy Wilkinson. Hello, Judy Wilkinson. Can you move me to the panel, Cindy? I can. Great. I'm just, uh, I'm going to take a minute to just say, I'm so sorry. I've had all kinds of problems, but here I am. Oh, she's in the middle of talking and I just ran her to the other door. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Judy, you'll need to unmute yourself in here. You are now a panelist. And, and, And Judy, I'm glad you're here because while I could probably handle this one okay, I'm not so sure that I would have been able to handle the three o'clock one by myself. So that was going to be more interesting. You need to unmute yourself, Judy. And Karen, we'll get right back to you. All right. We're going to go to um, the phone number. Oops, just a minute. 3088. You okay, should be I'm unmuted. Uh, I'm unmuted again. Yeah. Hold on, go Judy. Ahead, we've, got a, we've got a question. We've got a question? Good. Yep. Go ahead, ma'am. Um. This is Jessica from Massachusetts. Um, hi. I have, hi. Um, I have another question about the e-reader, and I don't. Um, it sounds like you haven't quite decided on which, what device you're going to use for that. 
But is it going to be like the orbit uh, where you need to add the books to an SD card from another device, or is it going to have some sort of Wi-Fi capability so you can download books onto the e-reader? The e-reader, um, that the two versions that we have will both be Wi-Fi enabled and you will be able to go directly to Bard mm-hmm. from the e-reader and download your books directly into the e-reader if that's the way that you want to do it. You will also be able to sideload them from a, an SD card or a jump drive, a USB stick. So you'll have all of those options on both of the devices that we're developing. We still do have several people wanting to ask questions as well, Judy. So keep going. However you want. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, You got it. Terry, you can unmute yourself. And Judy, I've taken the executive decision that we're not going to take a break. So I understand. I heard. You need to unmute yourself, Terry. Go ahead, Terry. I was letting Paul finish. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) What a nice lady. (laughs) This is Chico from Maryland. Go. And I hope you're feeling better. I'm working on it. Thank you. Hi, Terry. Hey, how are you? It's great to hear your voice. She's another member of my view group. Indeed. Um, yeah, I'm calling about, I know over the last few years, we've asked about it and I'm wondering if anything's been done or is in the, in the pipeline on categorizing, um, especially you know, for having a category of children's books so that you don't have to read all the way through the narration to find out it's for grades three to seven, um, that kind of thing. Um, I know we've, it's, it's come up, I know, each of the last few years, um, and it's always sounded like a good idea, and I'm just wondering if anything's happening with it. And my other comment is that I think you've done a great job with the updates to the BARD app as far as um, low vision is concerned because now you can actually use the finger spreading to enlarge the font which you were not able to do before the uh, fairly recent updates and thanks very much you bet um you're talking about looking through bard and having to read through to the last line of the annotation before you know that it's for third graders and that's a good question and I'm not sure that we have an answer for that. I know it's a question that people have asked. It can you can look at the at the subject heading, and you can pretty well guess that it's a, that it's a kid's book, but it's not definitive. I understand that. I'll put it back. I'll put it again with my cataloging requests. We'll see if with, there's any possibility of doing something about it. In the categories, uh, they they really do mix in adult and children's books in a in in the in the in the in in the adult categories. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Sure. Um, um, can I just ask Cindy, how many hands are still... Uh, I knew you were uh, going to ask me that. That's not as an easy question as you think. Uh, let's go to this person and then I'll tell no, you. No, Cindy, I need to ask you that question because I want to make a... I want to discuss with Paul a tactic. So how okay. many do we Hang have? Hang on. It's going to take me a second because I literally have Thanks. to count. No, do That's the next right. person. Do the next person, then we'll come back to it, Cindy. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, That's why I was saying that count. if I could do the next go, person. Go, you're go, right. Go. You're right. You're okay. right. Donna, you can go ahead and unmute. Okay. Can you hear me? We can. Yes. 
Okay. Um, I was wondering if we have be quiet. <laughs> if we have a book that we want to read and it is not available, is there an email address, some way that we can directly submit that without having to go through people at our library? The best thing, we really, really want you to use your network libraries as much as possible. They are your direct service portal. However, you can also send a request or a suggestion to nls at loc.gov. NLS at what? LOC for Library of Congress, loc.gov. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. And you have 10. Thank you. Let's go. Can we cut it? Can we? Let me just ask you can we stop at that 10? It seems to me we can move a few minutes into our next presentation. I think people would rather hear from Karen than well, the, than Yeah, but but we have some time because our next presentation doesn't start till 3, so we can probably get through everybody. Okay, but let's 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 watch out and see let's at least try to take these 10. Absolutely. You got. Okay. All right, and if your phone number ends in 3566, you should be unmuted. Hey, it's Michael. Can you hear me? We can. We can. Okay, good. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm with the United Workers for the Blind here in Missouri, and I have uh, several questions. One is, can we consider maybe, in, uh, if the if the NLS would help, consider maybe uh, getting a law passed where they have to pick up the books? Because I know of people who live in the city and there's just no way that they can get to a post office. And as you know, they're cutting out mailboxes on the streets. There's not as many as there used to be. They're, they're spread farther apart, which makes it rougher for us to take them to the mailbox and uh, in, a, in a convenient manner. That's I one see. of my questions. And also, I I use the Victor Reader a lot for my books. I love it. I download from the Bard. The question: Can you work with Victor? Have it is a suggestion maybe to where they can put the date when the like they do on the computer, like uh, when the uh, books come out and they're put, uh, and maybe have a way that we could without having to go through all those books to know where we start and we stop and all this stuff, if they could have somehow put the date in the list of the new books that come out, um, what day they come out on, uh, like they do on the computer with the victor. Has any thought been given to that? Because it is kind of, you sometimes you don't remember where you left off with. It's kind of, uh, you go through the books, the new books, and well, did I? Then you end up reading a whole bunch more because you forgot, you know, because it's just it's kind of hard when you're just going through a straight list Understood. and there's no stop and start where the newest one meet the older ones. So we're running out of time. So if you yeah, have another just, question, ask. No, I just it. I just paused. I mean, I just muted him. So. Okay, okay, so yeah, so we've got two questions. The first question is considering a law to pass to have them pick up books, and the answer is laws are the business of ACB, not of NLS. Um, for for that, because that's got to do with the post office. So if you want to carry that to your to your uh, ACB uh, folks, that would be the place to go with that. And if you want um, Humanware to do something else with the Victor Stream, I would suggest you go to Humanware for that. All right. Well, and, I, I think his issue though, and and is is really an NLS issue because 
some books you put the published date as as the last item, and in a lot of books you don't. I don't think it's a Victor Reader stream issue. I think it's an. I MLS don't think that's issue. what he's saying. He's asking for uh, the the newly added books to be listed by date. Yes, he is. That's what he was asking. Well, fair enough. Okay, and Cindy. then eight two one nine. You are unmuted. Hello. Go ahead. Um, hello. Um, let's see. One. Just. You're you you were unmuted. Okay. Oops, he just muted himself. Now I'm unmuted. Oh, you were yes, you are. in the dark ages. Oh, this is Peter Heidi from uh, Wisconsin. It, back in 1970 or something, when I first went to college, that I was taking a class in Shakespeare, and that um, I got all of my plays from um, Talking Book Services at the time. They were amazing, dramatic um, presentations, theater presentations. And that, um, I mean, one night I had 25 people in my room because everybody wanted to hear the play rather than sit and read it themselves. And that, um, so what's your when, question? I recently, when I recently ordered the same plays, um, that I got a single person narrator. And I'm wondering if those, those uh, production pieces are no longer available or how to go about finding them. I don't have an answer to that. Um, I am not aware that we had dramatic presentations of Shakespeare uh, at all. So that might be something that your network library had put together, or maybe yeah. you would, you might have been using RFB and D or something. I'm not sure. But I we never, don't normally I, have dramatic. Um, the Analyze Collection, I don't think, has multiple after dramatic versions of Shakespeare at this point. And Linda, you should be able to unmute. Linda? You should be able to unmute. Alt-A, if you're on the computer, it's probably in your lower left-hand corner. It might even be a pop-up on your app if you're on the app. Suspend. Okay. I'm going to Which? go to the next person. Move, move on, Cindy. Yeah. I'm here. All right. Go ahead. Okay. Hey, it's Linda Perel in San Francisco. Um, I'll try to make this quick. Um, great that you're improving the search because I don't like to have to go to Google every time to find out how to spell a new author. Um, and I'm a, ha- a religious um, subscriber to recently released books and to um, what's be- in process. And I wonder if there's going to be a way someday that we can track a book and know, you know, beforehand how soon it might be released. And right now there's something wonky about quick search. It's either telling me it doesn't have books by the person when I know it does. It's telling me that it's an insecure site and I shouldn't go there. It's just being weird. So any thoughts on that? Well, we'll check out the wonkiness of the quick search and see if if we can figure out what's going on there. Um, As far as books in process, I, I don't think that we will probably have a countdown or anything because it's all dependent on when the producers get things done and they have a pretty short turnaround. The one thing I can, can say is that we have gotten a lot better about getting books done more quickly than we used to, but I still don't think that we can give you a, you know, expected, you know, expected date. And I believe we we are trying to get them done as quickly as we can. So sorry, Karen. Uh, I believe it's Min. You should be able to unmute. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Min. Hi. Hi, Karen. Um, I have a question for you about the Marrakesh Treaty implementation. Um, Mm -hmm. So I speak Vietnamese and I'm studying a couple other languages. And I was really excited when the treaty was ratified because I was hoping to get other 
books in different languages. Um, is that going to be the case moving forward? I know there's you know laws being worked out, but for the future, or can we expect books in other languages in Braille coming from this treaty? Yes, we can, as long as they as we can find them. Um, that is the whole idea, and that's that's pr- the primary goal for you know for analysts is to increase our our foreign language collection. Vietnamese is one language that I know there are some areas where there's a great uh, demand for mm-hmm. for Vietnamese, and that's something that we will be looking at. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Min. All right, you have about five to three. Do you want to keep going? Yes. Yes, let's go. Okay. Chris, you can unmute yourself. I think Chris, I'm unmute. Unmuter. You are. Okay. Hi. Two things. Um, I think the, the elimination of the flip card ha- would have to do with somebody here talking about um, duplication on demand. Because when those cards, when those books come, the card um, can be thrown away and the uh, and the person's book goes right the case uh, the the. the that's true. Package goes right back to the library. That's true. And then the other thing is, okay. I wish in process were also on board mobile. Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, I'll mark it down. Yeah. All right. And next we have five, sorry, uh, phone number 2689. You have been unmuted. Yes. Um, I would like to be able to, I am using a, a Braille display type item, uh, like the, uh, the Braille Sense and Polaris from Hims, and there does not seem to be a way to, um, change that Braille flow so I can change it to a 30 character, or 32 character, um, for those devices. Um, you know, my husband went in and tried to change it on the Bard Mobile thing, but it, did not change it for that device. And if I go into my account settings, there's no way to do it. So it would be extremely helpful to be able to change that in account settings on your website. So whatever device we're using to read the Braille with, you know, we could have it at the line length we need. I understand what you're saying. I'm not sure that we can do that um, because of the way the books are processed through Bard Mobile. And I'm not sure why it didn't work when you changed it when you changed it in your settings on Bard Mobile either. Unless unless you downloaded it. Now let's be clear. If you downloaded that book to your device, then all bets are off because what we're talking about is reading this book using your iPhone in in Bard Mobile. Yeah, that's where the reflow is. Dawn, you should be able to unmute yourself. Um, yes, you are in. I oh, good. Mm-hmm. I was wondering about the Marrakesh Treaty and cataloging, and how if there's any plans for a coordinated catalog between like Learning Ally, Bard, Bookshare, other libraries overseas, something where I could walk into a bookstore or see a book in a library visually and said, I want to read that, but which library has it? And do a coordinated search among them all. Is there anything like that in the works? Not at the moment. Um, it's something that, that can certainly be considered for a future development, but there is not anything like that in the works at the moment. The closest thing would be the uh, Global Book Service, and that book, that catalog will have a user interface available um, 
at some point. But at this point, there's not any any effort to that I'm aware of to have a, a catalog that would have Learning Ally and be a, a Bookshare and NLS in it. Would be a cool right. idea, though. Rhonda, you need to unmute yourself. Rhonda, we do not hear you. You need to unmute yourself. Suspense. Let's go on. Maybe move move on to the yeah. Okay. We have phone number ending in nine four five four. You can talk. That may be a repeat. Yes, hi. This is Judy. Um, my question is with the wish list. One reason, I, if you could make it less bulky, if you could do it by genre, because to me, it's like you know, I always try to do a balance of mysteries and science fiction. So if you could somehow divide the wish list up to genres, then I think it would be more manageable. So that's just a comment. And I didn't know if you thought of it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And there's a repeat person that is wishing to talk that I have not um, brought to. Let's skip any repeats for now. And there's somebody that's got a name I do not wish to do because it's not a real name. Fair enough. I think we're good. So, Miss Karen. Yes, um, indeed. We we want to express our appreciation for your sticking around for an extremely long (laughs) (laughs) cross-examination. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for for the opportunity to tell you what I know and what I don't know. So. That's excellent. Judy, any final comments for Karen? Yes, Karen. Uh, let Lua, on behalf of Lua, we want to so congratulate you on receiving the Robert S. Bray Award this morning. Uh, I'm so proud of you. Uh, I am so honored. I, I, I'm shocked and honored. So uh, thank you and very also, much. I just want to re- I want to do a plug here. We, Karen has been nice enough to join our Lua Link calls, which we uh, schedule every two to three to four months. And you were on at the beginning of the year. And I, uh, given this amazing number of people, I know you. We'd love to have you back relatively soon. And I want to remind folks that when Karen does do that, uh, you can again call in and ask these same kinds of questions. And and Karen is nice enough to join us on our Lua Link. And thank you for that, Karen. Sure, I'd be happy to. Just let me know. And actually, our next call is going to feature our NLS folks who are on various committees um, talking about what the last set of recommendations were. So that'll be in August. So watch for that date, August 11th, I think. Don't quote me. Yes. I had a follow-up, and I wasn't recognized when I raised my hand. Do you mind if I uh, mention my follow-up really quickly? I wasn't looking at the panelists. That's why, Rick. Sorry. Uh, and, and that follow-up was to the uh, lady, I believe, who asked about reading uh, Braille on a Braille display, Braille books. And yes, the uh, comment was made that you can read them in notepad and such, but it's important to remember to set your Braille display to grade one. It's the only way you're going to be able to read Braille books is in or, grade or one. Or computer oh, Braille. True. Either works. Or, yeah, that's true. That that's absolutely true. And yeah, yep. sorry if if you if any of you want to get my attention when I'm doing raised hands, I'm not looking at the panelists. I'm only looking at attendees right now. And I was trying to be polite. Thank you. And so you were. You were, you were fine. <laughs> so Karen, thank you so much. We we do appreciate it. And well, my um, pleasure. And and we will catch up with thou again soon. All right. Very good. Thank you both. Thank you all. Yep. Thank you. Excellent. Miss Judy, you're up. 